0: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold and you are listening to Payne.TV slash gold. Alright folks, so the temperature drops, right? And now we end up in this situation where everything is looking great. The contractions are starting to build and come together. And the nurse comes in, Poppy, and she wants to do a vaginal exam on Maggie. And at this point, we were so broken. We were so beat down. I said, okay, let's do it. Because Poppy wanted to see if maggie's dilation had changed because if the contractions were picking up but the cervix was infected or not working or not working because of the infection so what we found out from her as well is if an infection gets up into the uterus sometimes the uterus gets tired and it can't fully contract and that might be why the contractions were spreading out and so Now the contractions were coming back in, but she wanted to make sure the cervix was working. Otherwise, we'd have to go for a C-section. So we end up letting her do it. She was nice. At this point, Maggie had bonded with her. So she checks and she says, guess what? The cervix is back up to eight and a half from the last one, which was at home, which was seven. It had gotten up to eight and a half, went down to seven, now was back. And she said, the swelling is gone. Uh, This is moving in the right direction and I could feel that the baby is at, it was like position zero in the pelvis. I think it's zero through four. So it was at position zero. And she said, this is great. Let's keep this going. We are winning. This is fantastic. So she ups the Pitocin a little. About every half hour, they up the Pitocin. It can go to a max of, I think, 30 or 40. We only got up to about 20. So she ends up increasing it. Again, now everyone's taking a nap. We get Maggie back to sleep. Everything's looking good. We're just letting the contractions work while Maggie's sleeping because she's numb from the waist down. And then uh, about an hour later, Poppy comes back. She says, listen, uh, can I do another one? I just want to see. At this point, boom, Maggie is at nine centimeters. So now everything is working great. But what happens is there's a sign now of meconium. Meconium is when the baby basically takes a little doo-doo crap inside of mommy big problem folks big problem because now the special team called uh, NICU I think it's NICU they get involved and NICU was on our list of things we did not want to deal with but now again folks we face adversity so the way NICU works is they want to be in the room now and they're going to treat the baby as if it's swallowed crap into its lungs uh, or it's about to when it's born. So, the next thing you know, we find out NICU's going to be there. And there's nothing I can do about it at this point, the midwife says, because of the meconium. So now, Poppy's monitoring the meconium. There was nothing else major that ended up coming out. But this was really bad, okay? On top of this, the hospital doesn't like what the mom has GBS. Then you add the meconium and now the hospital Goes, ah, ha, ha, we have full control over you. That's basically what they want. So at this point, I say to Poppy, listen, we're moving in the right direction. She says to me, within an hour, I think we're going to be ready to push. I think we have her there. The infection's under control. Her temperature's down. She's dilating. Uh, now we have Nick, you getting involved. I said, All right, listen, let me ask you this. We want to keep the umbilical cord connected for 15 minutes. She says, Well, Dr. Simmons only allows it for 45 seconds. That's his practice. So I said, Well, we want it for 15 minutes. And I said, well, that's how we always planned it. There's all these benefits to it. It's part of this book, Birth Without Violence, that I was reading to you. That's what we want. We also don't want NICU in the room. The other thing is we want her placenta. So at this point now, the midwife says to me, well, uh, because we were going to turn the placenta either into, you can have it encapsulated to turn it into like capsules. There's health benefits to it. Uh, You can also chunk it up and then you freeze it and basically put it into like a fruit smoothie and it has benefits and it's good for when you're breastfeeding but my midwife says look you don't really want to do that because now she has the drugs in her system number one and number two if there was an infection it could not be good I said well she wanted a print of it there's another thing you could do where you basically stick it down on watercolor paper and make a print or you sort of pose it with the umbilical cord and you could take a photograph of it and I said she wanted it for that so Maggie at this point is kind of caving and I said look you wanted it you told me this is what you wanted and I know you're a little loopy so can I please go to battle and she said yeah you can so I said we want the placenta so Poppy says well we got to talk to the doctor about these things I can't make those calls so they bring Mr. Personality back Dr. Simmons and he comes in and he starts giving the spiel look there's no health benefits uh, proven on anything that the baby uh, gets anything from leaving the umbilical cord intact for more than 45 seconds I I deliver him Uh, he won't let you catch him which I was going to do at home but that was something i was willing to give up i wasn't going to go to war over that um i was also going to cut the umbilical cord but that was out the window too that's fine i mean those those are those weren't things that i really needed to do i wanted a healthy boy that we could take home at that point so my doula starts battling with him Alyssa's like no there are health benefits uh, he says listen da 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 da, da and uh, I don't make the call the pediatrician from uh, NICU makes the call da, da, da. I said oh I thought you make the call he said no 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 they make the call I said okay well let us talk to them I said the other thing is we want the placenta he says well we take the placenta we send it down to the lab we want to run tests on it I said no no you're not running tests on the placenta you're going to put it in a bucket for me on ice it's our placenta you don't get the placenta so they cave on that they go okay you can have the placenta so i said all right good we're taking the placenta there i won that battle so that was a win folks you gotta fight with these people so we win the placenta and then uh, i said okay well we want to talk to the doctors from NICU so finally they bring a doctor up from NICU he i don't know i'm guessing he might have been Israeli older gentleman had a mask on hard to tell but he had an accent and he turned out to be really nice and I uh, bit, turned him into an ally and he said to me I understand what you want to do you want to keep the baby with mom all we have to do is make sure with the meconium that it's not going to create an infection I have no problem with leaving the umbilical cord attacks for 4 or 5 minutes uh, as long as we don't see a sign of any distress you don't want the baby to inhale it and he explained everything to me and I look at Alyssa and she nods at me and I said okay I I trust you because if Alyssa was saying he's correct, then that's all I needed to hear. So I said, okay, that's great. And he goes, I'm going to try to get the baby right back at the mom's hands. Uh, You can keep the placenta. Uh, I said, I don't want my baby being taken away or hooked up to antibiotics for 48 hours. He said, okay, well, stay near me when the, the birth is going on. So boom, I had an ally there. I trusted this guy. And so I had him and I had the nurse, Dr. Simmons. I just hated this guy. I thought he was a just a horrible, terrible person. And I will tell anyone that if you are going to give birth in the hospital, avoid this guy. So then um, what happens next, folks, is we're just now waiting. We're waiting for about an hour for the contractions to pick up. Hour comes up. Poppy says, all right, Can I do one more vaginal exam? At this point, sure. Do whatever the hell you need to do. You just saved us, and it looks like we're doing a vaginal birth, so you're a hero to us right now. So she does it. She goes, she's at 10 centimeters. Let's give her 30 minutes. Get some sleep, Maggie, because you're going to need to be pushing soon. All right, so now Maggie goes to sleep We're all sitting there. At this point, I finally put my head back and I get some rest. I'm not pissed anymore. Uh, I'm just getting ready for the battle that I'm going to have to wage on these people when the NICU team comes in and they're going to want to manhandle the kid and I got to be ready to block the door. At this point, I'm talking to my midwife because I'm still kind of mad at her thinking that some of this was their fault for not being able to deliver the baby at home and I'm saying crazy shit shit to her like you know this this doctor I'm going to knock him on his ass uh, <laughs> all this stuff I'm trying to do without Maggie hearing me because I don't want to create any stress for her but I'm really getting alpha getting pissed off about this and all I'm trying to do is manage this stuff so the baby doesn't get taken away for the GBS and for the meconium and how I'm going to stop these guys and I'm plotting to pull a John Q and uh, lock everyone in the room and tell them to sit out. And sit down and shut up give me my child and i figured i'd run out of there with the baby get it safe and then come back for maggie later uh i told her this so it's fine but uh no so anyway we go to sleep man we go to sleep for about a half hour and then poppy comes in the room and she's like all right look at the contractions they are rocking and rolling are you guys ready To move forward with this, we need to get pushing. So she says to Maggie, look, it's 545. My shift changes at seven. We need to get this baby out before then are you ready to push folks and i'm ready to push over to a short break when i get back we're going to finish up this story because there's many more battles than i had to wage in this horrible rockefeller medical complex system ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv/slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. I am Dustin Gold, and this is pain.tv/slash gold, folks. All right. All right. So we're getting to the happy part of this story, right? So now Poppy and Alyssa and Chris, you know, our midwife and myself, are now helping Maggie push. And Chris has got her flip flopping all over on the bed, different positions. I'm holding her hand. Her face is like her veins are popping out of her head. And she's just pushing and she's pushing and we were doing three pushes per contraction break for about 60 seconds three pushes per contraction and we got it rocking and rolling I'm taking pictures and uh, now it's getting to be a happy time folks Maggie looks like not in pain she looked like she was working out at the gym because she works out hard and so I'm like all right, this is like working out at the gym on top of it she's still on the epidural so she can't really feel anything although she wasn't cranking up the epidural with the remote they give you kind of like uh, in the movies when people are on uh uh, morphine and you could press the button well she wasn't cranking it up so she was feeling it and she's pushing and she's pushing and she's pushing and the next thing you know poppy takes the spotlight it wasn't on we kept it dark in the room i had these little led candles i brought because you can't have real candles which i had set up in the house so i had led candles and i had a photo of maggie and her grandma on the table her grandma had given birth to her mom at home so Maggie wanted this picture of her grandma in the house, and we had it. And so I brought it with us, and I had it set up there for her with the candles. And uh, it was as good as it could be, folks. It was as good as it could be in the situation we were in. And so now I'm, I'm taking some pictures because I knew she'd want some uh, and switching positions with my midwife and our doula and and everything's going great and so then they put this uh maggie wanted this bar to do these squats at first they're like oh you can't do squats in the epidural with the epidural and maggie's like yes i can and my midwife goes well what about the the squat bar so they put the squat bar up on the bed and the next thing you know maggie's pushing with the squat bar and then we're flip-flopping her into other positions and before you know it um you know, Poppy does another vaginal exam, and she goes, oh, my God, the head is, you know, just a knuckle away, one knuckle uh, away, and you can start to see it. And I told this the other day, but they set up a mirror, and they said, Maggie, do you want a mirror so you can see? And seriously, folks, I was thinking, she doesn't want to see this. Oh, my God. Uh, but she wanted to see, and she saw this half-dollar-size um uh, you know, black hair and it was just like her face lit up and she said, Oh my God, oh my God because two weeks earlier she had a dream uh that it was a boy with a full head of black hair. And two days later she had the same dream it was a boy with a full head of black hair. So she sees it. Now we don't know if it's a boy or a girl at this point. Um But she sees it and she goes, oh my God. And she just starts pushing and pushing and pushing. And then before you know it, it's like starting to crown. And so now Dr. Uh, Personality comes into the room. You know, He's gotta come in and earn his money for the six minutes that he uh, shows up. And he's gotta be pissed out of his mind because he would have loved to do a C-section in the very beginning. Of course, we beat him and didn't have to do that. But imagine if we did the C-section and they ended up taking the kid away from us uh no we beat him and she beat him and she beat the system so he comes in and then they got the NICU team all on the other side near the little the baby hospital bed with the bright light where they're going to torture my child um it looks like I told you like a midget operating table and so anyway the baby starts crowning at this point uh I got the midwife and the doula are helping her and I'm taking some pictures and stuff and, of course, I turn on the video in case something goes wrong. I could sue these guys. And the next thing you know, uh baby just comes out. The doctor takes it. He's got it in his hands. The umbilical cord's still attached. I'm waiting. And I've got the the NICU uh, doctor, pediatrician near me. And he's the one who promised me they wouldn't do it unless they had to they wouldn't cut the umbilical cord unless they had to so the baby starts turning like a gray it's having a little trouble breathing the doctor gives me the nod Alyssa stand there I turn to her she gives me the nod which meant you know it has to be done and it was okay it was hey, look you're making decisions in the heat of the moment and you're weighing risks in real time it's like the matrix code flashing through your head with only two hours of sleep over almost three days and And so um, they cut the cord, the pediatrician grabs it, rushes it over to the table, and he starts with uh, this hose, and he's pushing it down in the baby's mouth, trying to suck everything out. Now, this is a safety procedure with the meconium, okay? They're trying to make sure the baby doesn't swallow uh, feces, so, you know, I understand some of this had to be done, but that, I think it was literally two minutes, but it felt like an hour because i don't know what's going on no one's talking to me now the doctor kept turning to me as he's vacuuming william's lungs and he says uh he keeps nodding to me like everything is okay everything is okay uh oh and then mind you i did see his uh balls fall down so i said it's a boy that was the one thing i got to do i was so shocked though because I thought it was going to be a girl. I never said whether I thought it was going to be a boy or a girl publicly. But I thought it was going to be a girl. And so uh, so I said, it's a boy. And then the doctor takes him. So now he's just looking. And this two minutes, I kept turning to Maggie. And I had, like, fear and, like, tears in my eyes because I wasn't sure what was going on. She was sitting there, now at this point, Dr. Uh, Smiley there, Dr. Simmons, he's uh, putting a couple couple sutures in, she had slight tears, nothing major, actually, it was pretty amazing for the fact that this kid was 21 and a half inches, a couple inches above the norm, and he was uh, nine and a quarter pounds, Uh, so he was pretty big, he was cooking in there for almost an extra two and a half weeks, so I'm turning to her, and our faces are connected, and like i had this i didn't know i was about to cry but i'm trying to remain strong and she looks like she's about to cry and the next thing you know the doctor turns to me i see the color come back into william and he's turning pink now they naturally do turn a little blue because when they first come out the blood rushes into their lungs into their brain so it's not in their body now Part of keeping the umbilical cord attached or two parts. It's twofold. One, it allows the blood to continue to flow. And a lot of people with, in home birth like to leave it until the placenta actually comes out of the body. Um, and then the other thing is it's still providing oxygen to the lungs for the baby until it's learning how to breathe in the first few minutes. So he didn't have that attached to him. So then the doctor turns to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder. This is the Israeli guy. I think he was Israeli, and he said, everything's okay. I'm going to keep the baby with mom, and we'll just monitor it for the next hour. And I had this sigh of relief uh, flush through my body, and he brings it over, and he puts it, uh, William, on my wife's chest. And it was amazing. All right. So now for the next hour, they're cleaning up. They bring me the placenta in a bucket of ice. And um and it was great. And so I hug Alyssa and I told her we couldn't believe it. She was with us for 58 uh, hours. Almost. No, she was with us for 54 hours. And I hugged Chris and I told her I'm sorry. I snapped at you a couple times uh i thank you very much you did a fantastic job we couldn't have done it without you um they end up leaving and now Alyssa told me before she left whatever you do do not let them take the baby away like this is your time this is where you're gonna have to battle this is where things are really going to get tough And she's like, but I got to get home to my kids. I said, no, I understand. You went above and beyond your call of duty. And I couldn't have done it without you. Maggie couldn't have done it without you. And William is here because of you and everything we learned from you and everything you've done for us. So they leave. And the next thing you know, they're cleaning up the hospital room. Maggie's got a tight grip on William. (laughs) He's already starting to latch on her boob. And he's looking healthy. And this nurse, Rebecca, comes in. We get introduced to Rebecca, this new nurse. And Rebecca says, uh, no, Nick, you cleared the baby. You guys are all safe. We're going to move you to the family recovery area. And, folks, this is where things get really crazy inside the rockefeller Nuthouse, ladies and gentlemen i'll tell you all about it when i get back this is dust to go with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold more listening to the dust gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold